The trans Miss Universe has left the galaxy of reality or something like that. The new owner of Miss Universe declares a rally cry that women will rule, that their femininity will lead the day, except for the fact that the owner of Miss Universe is a man who is dressed like a woman. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how most of the hockey players are not gay. I know, surprising, but apparently it's a news story now. Gas stoves are bad, apparently. Continuing on. According to Harvard now, all babies are LGBTQAIP hashtag plus plus. I, I don't know. This is a weird story. And finally, a guy gets thrown out of a mall for wearing an offensive T-shirt. Just wait until you hear what it said. I'm Ed Odegaard, and this is Church Public. All right, welcome back to Church Public. I am Matt Odegaard, your host as always, and I just want to thank you for stopping by, for listening. This is a labor of love, and I just really appreciate your contribution to it by sitting there, by listening. You help. You help get the message of truth, the message of the gospel out. I know it might not seem like it when talking about news stories and just listening to what's going on, but on this program, we talk about current events from a Christian perspective. So what the kernel, the foundation of this whole thing is, is Jesus Christ and that he is the only real solution for all of this crazy madness that we see. But the reason we have to talk about current events is you have to know how to live. You have to know how to go into the world and not be like the world, and that's going to take something. It's going to take some way to figure all of this out. And I saw a hole in the news cycle where there's some lefty people talking about lefty things and liberal people talking about liberal things and some sort of conservative people talking about conservative things. There are just not a lot of Christian people talking about Christian things when it comes to the news. So if this is helpful to you in any way, hit the like button, the subscribe button, the share button, you know, send it to a friend. If you hate this, throw your phone out the window into the nearest pond and just keep driving until you reach the sunset and then just drive some more because it doesn't matter anyway. Anyway, thank you so much for joining in here today. So we're going to talk about some news, and wow, I just hope that you really enjoy what is going on. So, hey, let's get to some news. All right, so a week ago, I was cooking mac and cheese for my four children in the kitchen, blissfully unaware that uh, my gas stove was apparently dangerous uh, for their lives and their health and everything else that was going on. Again, I, I, I have no idea what is going on here now, but but that's uh that's I guess I guess where we're at. So we are at the place where uh gas stoves are bad. Um I know. I, if you haven't heard this story, it really doesn't matter that much. And and the reality is most of the outlets now are saying this story didn't even exist. It didn't ever even happen at all. But apparently uh me cooking mac and cheese on the stove for my four children uh, is very dangerous for the environment and probably for my own health. And of course, causing asthma and probably cancer and killing my children before their time. Or at least that was the narrative that came out of the progressive left a day or so ago. Gas stoves are bad, apparently. And I mean, probably worse than my four cranky hungry children, right? Unless any of you out there have ever had four cranky hungry children. Anyway, so gas stoves are bad. Uh, this came across the news. It, 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 and here's the thing. A lot of people said, well, we didn't really say that. That's not really what we said. That's not really what we meant. Gas, you know, we would never try to take your gas stove because that's ridiculous, right? Except that is what they said. <laughs> and even the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal um, 
acknowledges this. Many of the places acknowledge this, but but here here's the thing. A guy named Richard Trumka Jr., apparently, a Biden appointee to the agency known as the Consumer Product Safety Commission, the CPSC. The Wall Street Journal reports, quote, a Biden appointee in the CPSC, Consumer Product Safety Commission, explicitly threatened to ban gas stoves, I'm quoting here, based on dubious evidence of the public health harm. This is a hidden hazard. He went on to say, any option is on the table. Products that cannot be made safe can be banned, end quote. In other words, your gas stove apparently is just dangerous, so it can, perhaps they would say should, be banned. And where is this being done, they would say? Well, it's not being done anywhere, right? This is another one of those, hey, this isn't happening at all except for where it's happening. It's totally good, and we should really appreciate that it's happening. It's <laughs> So here's here's the thing. It is being done. It's I, I didn't even know this, but I confirmed with some of my construction guys that I know who do construction in various different places and areas um, already in California, many California cities, many New York cities. Even here in the giant city that I live next to, which is one, I'll just say, if you don't know where it is, it's one of the biggest cities in America. This is already happening. They have banned gas stoves and other appliances in new construction buildings. This is true. It's happening. You don't have to believe me. Go and check. Uh, Check the large city near you and see if it is against the code to put a gas stove in. This is already happening, even though they say, well, it wasn't happening at all. So then you have Gerard Baker, excuse me, a columnist for the Wall Street Journal, who said his article was, quote, how the gas stove in your kitchen became the symbol of freedom. And the subheading in the article is the left framed its latest crusade as a right wing culture war. And we've seen this pattern many times. Again, this is the classic. This is not happening at all, but it's really good that it's happening. Um, and uh, again, the, the biggest news that I saw on this was that the right... The conservatives were all up in arms because the left was trying to cancel their stoves or something or other. Um, but it's it's another one of those funny things where it's like, hey, uh, what if we say you can't have a gas stove anymore? And, and, and other people, some people like me are like, hey, I like eating and I like when when things get cooked before I eat them. And so I have a stove in my house because I have for my whole life had a stove in my house just like everybody else in America, almost. And maybe I don't want to turn that off forever. Uh, And the left went, whoa, you're just crying cancel culture culture over gas stoves. And we're like, hey, we didn't bring this up. You did. I like my gas stove. I was perfectly fine with it. Uh, You know, it makes the mac and cheese. It makes all the foods. Like, my kids love it. My wife loves cooking on it. Like, it's, it's great. Maybe we should just keep it. And the left said, no, you're going to have to give that up because it's killing the environment. It's killing you. It's killing your children. It's killing everything. Definitely have to get rid of it. And we went, hey, hey, how about no? And they're like, cancel culture. (laughs) This is how this just see how the cycle just goes around and around and around. And that's what the news stories were about, that the conservatives were angry about the latest cancel culture trend. Not that, hey, maybe we shouldn't try to take people's gas stoves. But anyway, I know this is kind of a silly thing. But here's what we want to get to, the the Christian perspective, the biblical worldview. Christians, and, and some people are not going to believe this, but this is true, and I've known a lot of them over the years, they actually really are concerned with conservation. They really love the earth and want to take care of it. I, I happen to agree with this. I really love the earth. I want to take care of it. Here's the problem, though. I also love people, and so it's complicated 
And I don't want people to starve to death because I actually love people more than the earth. I love the earth. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It's beautiful. I love seeing God's beauty through the creation of the earth. But I don't want people to die if they need to eat some meat instead of bugs, if they want to cook their food so it's healthy and not full of bacteria and microorganisms. Like cooking food is kind of a key way to keep people alive. And so maybe we should not get rid of gas stoves and beef and all this other stuff and just let people eat so they can be alive. It's I know that's crazy, but that doesn't mean I don't want to conserve the earth or take care of the earth. I, I really do love the earth, but I just think people are more important than the earth. I know it's a crazy thing, but it, it's not mutually exclusive in my world, even though it seems the left accuses us of having this mutually exclusive thing. If you want babies to live, and if you want to feed your children with your gas stove, and if you want to eat a cow, you want Mother Earth to die. No, not really. I just think that babies should live and and that I like a hamburger. I mean, that's pretty much it. And I really like seeing the Grand Canyon and Niagara Falls and the ocean and lakes and rivers and streams and mountains and hills and valleys and plains. I pretty much like it all. And we should we should keep all that, too. Um, it, I think we can. Right. Anyway. And here is the problem from Christian Worldview. The ugly little secret is that electricity comes from somewhere. I know. I know. This is crazy that the climate alarmists are saying that electricity just comes naturally from Mother Earth, but well, that's just, that's not how electricity works. It has to be generated. You have to generate it from somewhere. Sometimes that's hydroelectric. Uh, you know, we don't like nuclear, apparently, even though that's probably the cleanest form, but that's a story for another day. It usually comes, I, I should have looked up the statistic. You can go look it up if you want to, but a lot, a majority of, of electric, uh, uh, when last I checked, came from things like coal, which is way dirtier than... A gas stove. Just throwing that out there, people. And I just have to say this. From an aesthetic perspective, gas stoves are better. They cook better. They have more even heat. Just watch the cooking shows if you don't believe me. They all have gas stoves because they're better. Uh, Anywho, this has one more concern that we have to talk about, and that is really this is just control. It's just another way that they want to control you, and they want to see what you do. They want to see what you will do. So they throw like little things like this out to say, ah, we're just going to ban gas stoves. And they want to see what you will do. They want to see where your breaking point is. That's really what this is all about. There was this virus and it was harming some people and it was making them sick. And so they said, okay, let's close churches, which totally makes sense. No, it doesn't. And a bunch of people said, sure. And then they said, hey, wear a handkerchief over your mouth for two years. And people said, ah, okay, I guess so. And then they said, put this injection in you that may be kind of experimental and may not actually stop transmission, which we've found out to be true now. And people said, okay, that's fine. And now they say, well, you just have to stop doing the things in your house, like cooking with a gas stove. And thankfully, for now, people said no. That was their line. But just keep in mind. This world does not value people. We've talked about that a ton here. They would rather sacrifice to the Mother Earth God than keep people alive. They want babies to not be born. They want old people to die earlier. They don't like people. And this is just another example of that. But to move into the biblical worldview, we love people. Even Jesus himself said, love one another. Like, we're supposed to love people. We're called to love people. We need to do that more, not less. All right, for my sports fans out there, here comes hockey. <laughs> and here's the, here's the shocker. Listen, listen, people, this is going to be a shocker for you. 
Hockey is not particularly gay. I know, I know. Everything is gay now, and, and so we just have to talk about everything being gay. But but it, it's just not. And and there are hockey team members who are like, hey, I signed up to play hockey and not do all the LGBTQAIP hashtag dollar sign indoctrination things. And here happens to be this story is about another guy who uh, just didn't really want to play the game. So this is about Ivan Provorov. And he says, uh, according to this article, he refuses to participate in the team's Pride Night festivities. It is He's on the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, and he did not want to go on the warm-ups to observe Pride Night, citing his Christian faith. He didn't want to wear a Pride-themed jersey that displayed the players' names in rainbow colors and holding hockey sticks wrapped in rainbow-colored tape before the Flyers' home game against the Anaheim Ducks. He said, hey, I res- this is a quote, I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. In fact, I think I even have uh, this quote for you. Let's see if this plays here. Everybody, I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer those. Just, uh, can you just kind of fly with religion? Hmm? Can you just fly with religion? Russian Orthodox. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hughes had a hat trick, and uh, Rasmus is. We'll just go ahead and stop it there. But you get the idea, right? He's like, hey, my religion says uh, I shouldn't really do this and marriage is marriage. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. right? He just said I'm going to stay true to my religion, so I'm not going to get involved in this. And I just want to play hockey. He's like, hey, uh, if you have any hockey questions for me? No, they don't. They don't have hockey questions for him because this is all that matters to them. The woke virtue signaling is all that matters. And he just doesn't want to wear the LGBTQAAIP hashtag plus plus dollar sign jersey. This is what is going on in our world. And I mean, the the reality is this is all just virtue signaling. And <laughs> again, for my for my hockey fans out there, um, hockey is fairly conservative. It's a fairly conservative sport. Um, but apparently the top leaders, the top executives in this sport said, hey, you're going to have to uh, comply with our woke virtue signaling nonsense. And... This is what comes out. You get pride jerseys and pride hockey sticks. And this guy's like, "Uh, I'm just not into it. So I'm going to not do that. And then the story is not about hockey. It's not about the sport. It's not about who wins in the hockey game. It's this guy is a bigot because he doesn't want to support it. And and see, there, there is something that we have to hold on to from a Christian worldview here. It used to be, I know I've gone through this before, but we have to go through it again because it continues to happen. It used to be, hey, I just want you to leave me alone. Don't ask, don't tell. And and people said, fine, whatever. Then it was, well, I just need you to say it's okay and I want equal rights. So then there are rights and laws passed where the marriage is the same under the law, whatever, whatever. But now we're past that point. This is a hockey team, which is a sport, if you missed that. So we're not talking about, we're not even talking about a school. This is a sports team, and it's hockey at that. Um, And they say, hey, we need you to wear this jersey that promotes this LGBTQ ideology. And this Christian guy, who's a player, says, I don't want to do that. Now, he's in trouble 
Uh, and we, I, I guarantee we haven't even seen the last of this. Like, we'll see what happens to him. But but I, I'd be surprised if his career uh, blooms and, uh, and, and flowers from here. But we'll see. So you have to do this, right? You have to signal or else you are canceled. This is the opposite of the gas stove thing. The whole gas stove, like fake canceling. This guy really is under fire for saying, no, I just don't want to do that. I, it's, it's, it's back to the other thing that they said, just leave us alone. He just says, Hey, just leave me alone. I just want to play hockey. I grew up playing hockey. I just want to play hockey. And they're like, no, you have to virtue signal or else you're out. All right. Um, I guess we'll go from here. Speaking of virtue signaling, we go once again to the great Harvard. Well, at least I'd say formerly great Harvard, once a divinity school teaching men to be faithful preachers of God's word. Now, now apparently they make doctors who check to see if all babies are LGBTQ plus. Yep, this is a real story. Uh, and and <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know what to say about this anymore. But anyway, um, so this story is about uh, LGBTQ newborns um, and whether uh, OBGYNs in pediatrics, this is a course that Harvard offers, offers excuse me, that OBGYN pediatrics can identify LGBTQIA newborns and infants. And again, if you're just listening and you want to see this on video, go to churchpublic.com. But uh, this, is, this is an article showing that Harvard doctors are training, or Harvard doctor professors, whatever you call them, are training their doctors to identify LGBTQIA plus people in newborns. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert that's not in this article that I was reading about, um, but is 100% true. They're all going to be. That's a spoiler alert. They're all going to be LGBTQIAIP hashtag plus plus. They're all going to be. It's going to be magical that every baby that these particular OBGYNs look at, uh, they're all going to be LGBTQ. It's going to be a miracle. I guess that's the wrong word to use, but this is what's going to happen because that's the only way this whole thing works, right? Um, and it's sad because it's just it's it's such a farce. Like babies are wonderful reflections of the image of God, God who does not make mistakes. This is the important part. God is unchangeable. He is full of integrity and truth. He is the great I am. I am who I am. That's how he describes himself to Moses, and that's how Jesus describes himself as well. The whole thing here is that God does not make mistakes. But this situation says that there is no God at all. Or if there is, all God does is make mistakes. So we, really smart humans, have to medically and surgically correct God's mistakes. That's what this whole story, that's what this whole movement is about. And sadly, sadly, this is leading to the tragic mutilation of body and minds of thousands of young men and women and girls and boys and now babies. This is truly, truly sad, um, and it and it's just, it's just tragic. I I, don't, I can't see any other way around it. The Harvard Medical School course. This is an article in Christian Post. Harvard course teaches med students how to treat sexual minorities uh, in infants. The Harvard Medical School course is called, quote, Caring for Patients with Diverse Sexual Orientations, Gender Identities, and Sexual Development on How Students Will Learn How to Provide High-Quality, Culturally Responsive Care for Patients Who Identify as Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer, Intersex, or Asexual um, Across the Lifespan from Infants to Older Adults. So again, infants. So they're teaching doctors how to identify in infancy whether a 
boy or girl is LGBTQIA plus plus. I I just can't even. All right. It's it's a tragedy. That's really the only way I can describe it. And it, it is just, in fact, a tragedy. So I guess we'll move on from here to speaking of tragedies. Speaking of the tragedy of women, we turn to Miss Universe. And this is just a weird story. I mean, they're all weird stories at this point. But but this was one that I saw that we just have to talk about. So speaking of the tragedy of women, we have to turn to Miss Universe. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have not watched the Miss Universe contest. I don't think I ever have in my entire life. Um, and I guess I should be fairly proud of that. I, I'm, I haven't and I'm not going to. But this clip was making the rounds on social media and in the news reports um, because apparently the Miss Universe pageant has a new owner. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if you're just listening, this you'll you'll get this, you'll appreciate it, you can hear it, you'll, you'll hear what's going on. But... If you're watching, actually, the first time that I saw this, um, and and I, I was going to play the clip, but I realized on audio it wouldn't make sense, so I'm not, I'm not going to. But but I but I will describe it for you because it's it's worth it in the description. The first time that I saw this clip, the caption said, "Watch this with no audio, and then watch it with audio." And so, I don't know. I was tired, and I did what it said. I don't always do what these captions say, but I but I did. I'm like, you know, doesn't seem to be any harm in listening. I'm sorry, watching it and not listening right the first time. So so I I, I watched the clip, and and I see this person who is dressed like a woman, and and to be honest, looks like a woman, uh, giving a speech at Miss Universe. And I don't know why it caught my attention, but but the whole like it was kind of like a challenge, right? It was like challenge, watch it without the audio, and then watch it with the audio. And I'm like, I'll take the challenge, whatever. Anyway, so I so I watch it without the audio, and I'm like. I don't care. Like, and I almost, I almost turned it. I, I almost turned it. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about Miss Universe. I don't care about some silly speech. I don't care about any of this. Um, it, it's all, it's all vainglory and, and just ridiculousness. But then, you know, out of curiosity, whatever it went through, it cycled through once and, and got around and I turned it on. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then I realized what was going on. And, and honestly, I watched it like two more times after that with the sound on because I couldn't believe what I was seeing and hearing. I just couldn't believe it. Um, so this is all a, a caveat to those. If, if you're just listening, you may not understand the full effect of what's going on here. But I hope you do. And then I hope you go watch this uh, at churchpublic.com slash podcast because um, you, 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 you can't appreciate what's really going on until you see what's going on. This is one of those seeing is believing types of things. So, so all of that lead up to say the new owner of the Miss Universe pageant is a trans person. And I, I'm so confused with, with pronouns and descriptions at, at this point. I, I don't know what to say. It's, well, here, let me do this for you. I'm going to let you hear it and then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. So, here's here's what's going on in Miss Universe. Miss Universe organization from now on is going to be ran by women owned by trans women for all women. For all women really around the world to celebrate the power of feminism. So, I, I mean, it, you know, again, may, maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't. If you're just, if you're just, just listening, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. 
But if you were watching, you, you saw it. And and what you see is a man with a lot of, mm, I don't know what to say, enhancements. Who clearly looks like a woman now, more or less. Maybe less, but anyway. But but then you combine that with what is being said. And this is this is where we have to stop and we have to get into a Christian mindset and a Christian worldview and understand the world according to God. Where there's a man and there's a woman and to create this new middle category or whatever category you want to put this in is just not a real thing. And then you hear the words where this man is saying it's a very exciting time to be in the Miss Universe pageant and to be a woman because now Miss Universe is going to be run by women. Women, he says. Women. Uh, But he also says, if you missed it, because there's a little accent or something in there. Run or owned, so run by women, owned by a trans woman, a.k.a. a man. And then and then he goes on to say, like, something about it being a beautiful expression of femininity or something, whatever he said. Anyway, but, but here's the thing, right? Does, does nobody see this? This is where I have to, like, call out common sense craziness where where i see it i just i have to i, I don't know how to how to live otherwise so he's he's like this is a great day for women because now your organization is run by women and once again owned by a man <laughs> like does no one else see this so the whole point of the speech is this is a glorious day because women are finally in charge who are led by a man just seriously just nobody like okay maybe maybe it's just me like it's exactly the same. There's, there's, right? There's all this, there's all this, this, this hatred and 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 venom on these beauty pageants that are just run by men because they're just a meat market and all this other stuff. And we finally got past that, right? We finally achieved this new, this new feminist utopia where it is finally run by women and still owned by a man. <laughs> okay, maybe it's just me. Anyway. It's just and and then and then to get to get back to the worldview because that's I guess that's just a humorous point for me to get back to the worldview. Um, the it is just a mockery, right? This makes a mockery of the respect for women. That that's what's really sad to me. And and I guess people are going around. This. I mean, again, even if you didn't know anything else about it, you hear the cheers and the screams and the applause, and everybody's so excited and so happy that this pageant is finally run by women. Except it's really run by a man again, still, and it's like the biggest con job that nobody can. Does nobody see this? It's just a mockery of the respect for women, the honor for women, and you're just a man dressing up as a woman, making a mockery of femininity and the beauty that God intended. It just—I mean—we'll go back to Genesis one again because we're going to bring it, bring it back to the Bible and and just like that, man, that God created male and female, and and He said that that was good uh, together, and God doesn't. To go back to our to our previous point, God doesn't make mistakes. God didn't make you the wrong way. If you're struggling with this, I am sorry for you, and I and I understand that there can be struggles in this. But you you have to appreciate that God doesn't make mistakes. You may feel like God has made mistakes. You may even feel like you are a mistake. But I'd like to say to you pastorally, like you are not a mistake. The devil wants to trick you in two ways. He wants to say that you're not worth it. And then once you believe that, he wants to say, ha, see, you weren't worth it, and lie to you on both sides of it. Um, 
And, and that's, that's the classic move that the devil continues to do and has done from the very beginning. And I just pray that you don't fall victim to that and you realize that you are really a valuable human being, even if you're struggling with something like this. Uh, I, I just I would love for you to figure that out before it's too late. All right. Uh, that got kind of serious, but sometimes we have to. We got to talk about one more story, and I, this is one that I just love and I hate. Um, and it's from the city where I went to seminary, so that's that's a that's another that's another tie-in. I've been to this mall. This is the Great Mall of America in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and so we turn to this Great Mall of America, and we talk about. I I, I teased this at the beginning that there's a guy wearing a T-shirt, and this guy wearing a T-shirt was just thrown out of the mall. They did not want him here. The t-shirt was totally unacceptable. You may be surprised at this point because of what we do. Normally, you may not be surprised, but uh, this is what t-shirt guy was wearing. And and again, for you audio listeners, I will describe it. But here is t-shirt guy. I actually have a little video clip right after this, but t-shirt guy, (laughs) his t-shirt says, are you ready for this? This is very offensive. Jesus saves. Yeah, that's it. That that's his T-shirt says Jesus saves, and and the mall security or whomever is attacking him here uh, is like, you cannot wear that shirt. They literally say you got to take this shirt off because it is totally offending people, and people have been offended, and you you can't you can't wear you can't wear T-shirts that say Jesus saves in a mall in America, like the Mall of America in America. You can't wear a Jesus saves T-shirt. Don't you know that you can't have your religion outside of the church or outside of your home? Religion has no place in the mall. Um, I'm being a little bit facetious, but not really that much because this guy literally gets kicked out of the mall of America because he's wearing a T-shirt that says Jesus saves. So let's watch this quick clip, and then uh, and then we'll we'll finish this guy up here. Jesus is associated with religion and it's offending people. No, it's not. Actually, it's not the religion. It's about, it's about eternal life. Okay, but it's the same thing. Okay, people have been offended, and like I said, all we are asking you is to take your shirt off. You can go to Macy's, or we can leave. I didn't say anything. If you want to shop here, you need to take that shirt off. It is religious soliciting. There is no soliciting allowed on law property, which is private property. See, see where this goes. See, see where we are now. This is where we are now, right? Where, where we are is that soliciting, talking about God, talking about Jesus is soliciting, and there's no soliciting, so you've got to leave the private property. You've got to take off the shirt that says Jesus saves. I mean, you, you, cannot, you cannot exercise your faith outside of the home, outside of the little box of a church that you might live in. That's it. He, you know, the guy's like, you're, people are offended because that's a religious T-shirt, so you've got to leave. And he's like, he's like, I'm just talking about eternal life, right? And the and the security guard's like, that is offensive. And and let me be honest, I guess here, it is offensive. And then we know, even we've talked about this a second ago, but the devil is the prince of this world. The devil is the 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 ruler of this particular land though Jesus is lord of lords and king of kings um and and really has authority but the, the devil's the prince of this world and the devil has some power in this world and the gospel is offensive and and that's something that we you know we've we've got to consider and we've got to remember that the gospel is offensive and and remember the reason that the gospel offends is because it is true and this culture and it's a very clear point that this culture denies truth 
it's just destined for suffering. That That's the destination of this culture because of their denial of truth, where we can't tell that a man is a man and a woman is a woman and a marriage is a marriage and a baby is a baby. We have to put all these new and weird labels on them. And it's just not true. And so it's offensive when you say true things. And when you say Jesus saves, I mean, that's a really offensive thing when you say, well, no, I'm going to save me. The science is going to save me. The medical establishment is going to save me. These medical transitions are going to save me. I'm going to save myself. And this t-shirt is very offensive because it says, actually, none of those things are right. And you can't do any of those things. The only thing you can do is actually turn to Jesus because he's the only one who saves. And this guy even says, if you heard it, I'm talking about eternal life. Yeah, we're talking about eternal life. We're talking about something bigger than all of these crazy issues that are going on. We're talking about eternal life. Jesus, even uh, in the prophet Isaiah, well before Jesus was born, Isaiah the prophet prophesied about Jesus and said, Jesus would be a stone of stumbling and a rock of, here it is, offense, Isaiah 8.14. And Jesus was, and he continues to be. Even Peter and Paul both talk about this as well. Romans 9, 32, 1 Peter 2, 7, and 8. They talk about how Jesus is offensive. Now, we don't want to be offensive in that way, in our words and our actions, if we can help it. But there is no doubt that the cross of Christ, the salvation through Christ alone, is offensive. Because it shows people that, well, they're not good in themselves, even though this world tells them so. Only in the truth of Jesus can you be set free and find hope in this world. And that is the true hope. I hope that you find the hope in Jesus. I hope that you live out the hope in Jesus. And I hope that you're not pushed down and and um, and coward and in and, and fear by these security guards at the Mall of America saying, you can't talk about Jesus in public. I actually pray that you do talk about Jesus in public and not in an offensive way, but in a true way, in a loving way. And just say like, yeah, I know you're trying to do these things and live this way, but it's not real. It's not the right way. And I pray for you and I pray that you would tell others the way that Jesus is it. Jesus is the way, the truth of the life. And I hope that you show his light to the world. For Church Public, I'm Matt Odegaard, and I hope that you will keep the faith.